Hey everyone, I'm Portia Flowers. And I'm Cynthia Dorsey. And this is Young, Black, and Brave. Young, Black, and Brave is a new podcast, but most importantly, it's a space where we can critically review cinema and discuss the representation of Black women in film. Black women, of course, have had a place in the film industry for some time now, but we want to take a look at it and talk about what that actually means. When stories are being told, who's included in a storytelling process? Who's centered? Who's supporting? And who's erased completely? These are important conversations to have, we think, particularly as Black women ourselves. Uh, we should be able to critique the media that is reflected back to us, and we're going to try to do just that. It's a new year, new decade, new podcast. We are young, black, and brave. All right, we're back with another episode of Young, Black, and Brave, episode three. Thank you for tuning in again. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. All right, Portia, I have a fun question for you today. If you had to pick an actress to play the lead role in your biopic, who would you choose and why? Hmm. All right. This is a hard one, Cynthia. You picked a hard Mm. question. Uh, So... I want to say my immediate reaction is Sanaa Lathan only because she is on my vision board. I want to look like her. (laughs) What about her? I don't know. I feel like she, maybe, maybe I'm delusional. I feel like she looks great, but in a, a reachable way. Like she's, she doesn't seem like she's completely out of reach. Right. I don't know. I can't describe it. I just feel like she's, she looks like, she looks beautiful, but she also looks like a regular black woman to me. And sometimes I feel like some of these, uh oh. Go ahead. Wait a minute now. I, I just think that she looks great. I cannot speak to what may or may not have happened at (laughs) a certain private events <laughs> that other celebrities were attending. I do not know who was in attendance. I was not there. So I cannot speak on that. Well, our girl Tiffany Haddish says she bit Queen B, so. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I'm just going to let them deal with it. And that's that. However. All right. We don't want you biting people, though, okay, Portia? No, no, not in my biopic. I don't bite people in in my life story. No, ma'am. <laughs> um, but I really, so so that was my initial reaction. But I will say I really, really, really like Viola Davis. I think she's the best actress out here today. Yeah. And yeah. I, my story may not be good enough for her. Because <laughs> she's such a great actress, and my story is probably going to be too bland. But uh-uh. I would be so honored for her to play me one day. 
Viola Davis is just a gem. Shout out to Viola Davis. Phenomenal actress. Mm. Yes. Now, who would you pick, Cynthia? Okay, so... You're an actress, so they gotta be really good. Yes. Yes. So, studying acting, I tend to gravitate towards the actors and actresses that naturally have the gift like they're not overdoing it they like every mannerism the way a person talks walks Denzel is a great character actor I feel like whoever plays me has to be a great character actor because I have a lot of Cynthia-isms and I would want the lead actor to be able to accomplish that there's nobody, I think, acting right now that looks like me. So that's a shameless plug for people to hire more plus-size actors. Um, but I am really into the acting style of Nicole Bahari. I think she's a phenomenal actress. I think she is... Um, slept on really she should be doing so much more uh and and I think she can really stand the test of time with Viola Davis and others she's just that good uh if you don't know her she has definitely look up she has an ex- already booming film film um background and television she was in uh, Woman Thou Art Loosed. That's a Tyler Perry uh, film. And she was in The Good Wife, the TV series. And she also was in one of my favorite movies, American Violet, and so many others. So look her up. She's really good. If you don't know her, get to know her. She is pop in and should be on everybody's screen. All right. That's a good one. That's a good choice. Okay. All right. So now it's time for us to do our movie review and put it through the Dorsey Flowers test. Okay. This week, we are going to review Queen and Slim. Queen and Slim is being recognized uh, in the award circuit. So that's great. Um, it just came out in November 2019, I think. So mm-hmm. it's fairly recent. It is, I guess you could say it's a romantic drama. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Maybe. Yeah. Um, directed by Melina Matsukas. Melina, actually, this is her, her uh, feature film directorial debut. And she's most known for um, directing episodes of Master of None Mm -hmm. and Insecure, um, as well as directing several music videos, including uh, Formation for uh, Beyonce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is quite experienced. And you can kind of tell, you know, she has such an artistic eye when you watch the film. It's like Mm -hmm. you kind of have to watch it twice, watch it for, you know, the, the narrative part of it, and then also just watch it for the artistic direction, the, the cinematography of it. It was, it was beautiful. 
Um, yeah. Queen and Slim was written by Lena Waithe. Yeah. Um, who was the first black woman to win a primetime Emmy for outstanding writing in a comedy series. Um, Master of None. Uh, yeah. She's, she yeah. does a whole bunch of stuff. She, I think she's the writer or creator of The Shy. Um, so good. She, so good. She's an actress. She, she's on Master of None. She's been in a couple movies. She does a little bit of everything. Um, and so this is her movie that she wrote. Uh, but the story, uh, comes from Lena Waithe and James Frey. James Frey? James Fry? Um, who you might remember as the author of A Million Little Pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't remember that, you remember that there was a book selected by Oprah for her book club years ago. That had to be removed because it was found to have been fabricated. He <laughs> was not telling the complete truth in his book, and Oprah excommunicated him from her mm-hmm. from her empire, and it was quite the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's actually uh, my point of reference with him is uh, you know his relationship with Oprah. And a million little pieces, but apparently he is still going strong. And he uh, came up with the story along with Lena Waite, and she wrote it. And here we have Queen and Slim. I have to give him, you know, props because Lena, in a lot of her interviews, tells the story about how he came to her with this story, and just as a white man said, "I can't write it. Maybe you can write it." And like that has to take that takes courage, one, and you had to drop your ego. You know what I'm saying? Like you're passing over a story that's very, very much reflective of the black experience and turning it over to someone else, acknowledging the fact that you can't write it because you're not black and you're not a, you know, and you don't know our experience, right? And I just have to just acknowledge him for that because I don't know many white men in this patriarchal white society we live in that would be willing to do that. I agree. It it takes a certain level of integrity. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, to admit your limitations and to and to be okay with with uh giving that part of control up he still is is being able to um you know get the credit for coming up with the story but you know just because you think of something doesn't mean that you have to um have your hands on every single aspect of it especially when it's a story that's going to be you know coming from a different perspective that's not yours um, so I appreciate that he was open to collaboration in that way. Okay, so, so this movie actually stars uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Jodie Turner-Smith mm-hmm. um, as Queen and Slim. Daniel Kaluuya plays Slim. Jodie Turner-Smith plays Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out and from Black Panther mm-hmm. and from Black Mirror. I believe he was in an episode of Black Mirror. 
um jody turner smith i'm not as familiar with her this might yeah. be her her debut right yeah um she's a model and an actress um she so. is from england as well born to jamaican parents Jody Turner Smith originally was in HBO's True Blood. It was, you know, True Blood is an American fantasy horror um, drama television series. And then she did a series called The Last Ship on TNT. And she's also done the sci-fi Netflix series uh, Stranger Things. And she's done Night Flyers. So... She's done a lot of television. Okay. So, uh, but I think it's probably safe to say this is a breakout role for her. Yeah. Um, in the way that Get Out was probably breakout for Daniel Kaluuya. Um, so yeah, but also, you know, again, going back to our previous conversation, um, it's interesting to see these two black British actors, uh, playing African American roles um which i mean you know i would say they did a pretty good job because i didn't know that jody turner smith was british until after i saw the film yeah um so <laughs> at least good job with the american accent i guess <laughs> yeah i was watching mm-hmm. a, um i was watching a interview with daniel kaluuya and he was just talking about how hard he worked on um his american accent he's really invested on getting it right and i know that the characters queen and slim both lived in ohio and so he was really trying to you know channel how people speak in ohio and i wouldn't even think people in ohio had a specific way of talking but they do so he captured it very well. Absolutely. So again, uh, you have the characters of Angela Queen Johnson and Ernest Slim Hines, and the movie opens up um, with them on a date. We see them mm-hmm. in a local diner in Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, and they're... It, it's a Tinder date, right? Yep. They meet each other on Tinder and uh Queen is kind of looking like she's over it. <laughs> she's over the date before <laughs> it even started. Right. As she's a criminal defense attorney who had a pretty tough day that day and decided to go on Tinder just to kind of get out the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and Slim is a blue collar worker. I think he said he worked at Walmart or somewhere. I forgot. Um, but you know, he's, he's just a, a regular dude. Right. Um, he's a regular at the diner that they go to. He takes her yeah. to this diner that she's not quite yeah. impressed with. Um, but he likes it and they're kind of on two different pages. He's um, very in touch with his community and she is yeah. above the community right which which is what happens like when you're a blue collar worker you're very much feet to the ground when you get in 
to corporate America, you're you forget how to put your feet on the ground. You forget what that feels like. So it was definitely shown in their attitudes and yeah. So he, you know, she she's kind of like, Why are we here? And he was adamant about wanting to spend his money um with black owned businesses. Yeah. Um and so that's why he wanted to take her there and that's why he goes there all the time. Um and then, you know, tries to make small talk. It's a little tough. Uh she <laughs> although she wanted company, she almost doesn't want company. Um her attitude. Uh yeah. She eventually said uh <laughs> that she had a client that was uh scheduled for execution, right? Yep. And so that was just, you know, it was really hard for her kind of coping with that. So she really wanted to to go out. She didn't really have many friends or family in the area to right. talk to. So she decided to go out with a stranger and uh yeah. see what happens from there. Um she but, he had hit her up before and she turned him down. And so he was like wondering like, oh, what what made you change your mind? Because he had tried to take her out before and she wasn't having it. So Yeah. Yeah. Her and, attitude, yeah, and, I just uh, that attitude. It was yeah. it was a little rough. I felt like she was she was uh being a little rough on him for no reason. He he was trying to be nice and trying mm-hmm. to be personable. Um so that kind of threw me off a little bit. I I I don't know. And I just kind of felt like, okay, here we go. We're about to do this whole angry black woman. Right, right, right. Woman with the attitude. All so anyway, you know, they realize that this isn't probably a a good date, so it's time to go. And he begins to drive her home. Mm-hmm. And before they know it, Slim is pulled over by a police officer, an aggressive police officer. And the officer comes up to the windows, asking questions, asks Slim to, to step out of the vehicle. Queen is trying to, you know, give him pointers, give him tips because she's a criminal defense attorney. Mm-hmm. She knows her rights. And Slim is just like, you know, I just got to get through it. Let me just do what I got to do mm-hmm. so that I can survive. Um, the police officer gets increasingly agitated. He's convinced that um, there's something wrong. Makes him open up his trunk. Uh, Slim says that all he has are shoe boxes in there. Doesn't believe him. He opens up the trunk. Nothing but shoe boxes. And, you know, I don't think he was convinced that anything was wrong. I think he was attempting to get a rise out of them so that there would be something wrong. I don't think he thought anything was wrong at all. I think he was antagonizing them. He just kept getting increasingly more and more agitated. And uh, Queen eventually gets out of the car. Uh, in an attempt to record the interaction for evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, like a lot of us are now being, you know, we're, we're learning to do whenever we have interactions with the police. Uh, you know, we're seeing the value in recording it at, for evidence. Who knows right. if it's going to actually result in any type of justice, but at least the truth can get out there. Right. Um, but unfortunately, she gets out, she starts to record. Police officer does not like that. Um, he pulls his gun out and he ends up shooting Queen, raising her leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this sets off a chain of events. Slim ends up wrestling the gun out of the officer's hands and shoots him in self-defense. Yeah, and no, he drops the, the gun. The gun is on the ground and he grabs it. Slim grabs it before the officer can get it. Does he shoot him or does it go off? No, he shot him. He shot him. He shot him. Okay. I wanted to believe it was, it was just, it just went off in his hands. But I mean, he shot him. We find out later that this cop had already killed a black boy in a previous case. So, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, oh God, I just don't. That scene just gave me chills because I don't know, like, if, you're in that predicament is that I mean naturally is your instinct going to catch into you know is your instinct going to make you react in that way like grabbing the gun if it's on the ground and holding it up to the officer shooting it or will you just become so um, stricken with fear that you freeze up. I, it just, it made me think like, well, wh- I mean, what other option was there? He could have laid there and allowed this man to shoot him or did what he did. You know? Yeah. I mean, and I think that's important to, to really sit and think about what would you do if you were in that situation? Cause it's so easy to to vilify people and it's so easy to say you know if that was me i would have you know i would have right, complied right. i would have did this i would have did that i would have listened to what the police officer said you have no idea what you would do i mean you know you're you're also trying to preserve yourself and you're seeing you're seeing someone who's not just a police officer but also someone who's presenting themselves as being dangerous yeah and yeah. violent yeah. Um, so, you know, truly, what would you do? Would you just sit there and let them shoot you and potentially kill you? Or would you try to defend yourself? Would you right. stay in the car or would you record what's happening, you know, just in case something went down and nobody would believe what you said? Right. Um, I often wonder so. about that, too, about the recording um, and how common it is, you know, and when what happens in between what's what happens in between like the space of time where you like grab your phone and record you know what I'm saying instead of just like looking at what's going on I wonder about that often like what exactly happens and I just honestly think about myself and I would be just probably so shocked 
and wouldn't think to grab my phone, you know? Yeah. But I'm sure, you know, with Queen being an attorney, she probably, you know, moved to that conclusion a lot quicker right. than, than probably most people would. Right. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a, just a, a tragic situation, mm-hmm. um, all around, but, uh, yeah, so then the police officer is shot and, and presumed to be killed or, or dying. Um, but it's kind of the point of no return. Um, right. what do you do? <laughs> Nobody's going to believe right. you if you say it was self-defense. You shot yeah. a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Queen, uh, convinces Slim that they have to get out of here. Um, because if they stick around, Slim's definitely going to go to jail. Queen might as well. Um, so they got to go. Yep. Yep. Uh, which was an interesting, you know, it was an interesting decision. Again, considering Queen is, uh, an attorney. Um, so you might think that perhaps there's another option besides running away, um, that she would, you know, Death. I don't know. Maybe, maybe encourage him to just stick around. And if you just tell, then maybe we can get you through the legal system. No, she said absolutely not. Yeah. <sighs> uh, and so they leave and they drive and Slim is just, he's freaking out. Mm-hmm. He's freaking out. And I appreciated that. I, I'm, I'm glad that they gave him that space to just kind of you know, just say, I don't, I, I don't know what just happened. This is scary. I don't like this. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. I'm afraid. Like, I think too often black men in movies are portrayed as, you know, tough. I know yeah. what I'm doing. I'm cool. Yeah. You know, nothing phases me when that's not the truth. That's, that's not the truth of it. I mean, if you were to see someone get shot, you know, you'd have to be, there'd have to be something really wrong for you to just be able to go about your day and act as though yeah. nothing happened. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad that they gave him that time to just kind of just be. To feel it. Yes. I also think it's phenomenal that the woman took the lead, which is also not shown in in lots of movies, right? The woman becomes subservient and follows the lead of the man. Queen definitely had the control of the situation because even when they were driving off, Slim wanted to see his family, you know, like feet to the ground, like in touch with the community. I want to, I want my dad right now. I want to go see my dad. Like, and she basically like, no, get rid of your phone. We can't do this. No. Um, really, she orchestrated the his movements at that time um, while he was panicking. And I think that's realistic, too, because we as women, you know, even if we are going through bouts with anxiety or nervous about something, we always step up in situations to make sure everybody is taken care of and to organize, to think, 
and to move along in whatever journey we're going on. And, and so it was nice to see that depicted on screen in this film. But it was also, it was also a little, um, maybe it was foreshadowing the mm-hmm. fact that, cause I, you know, I think what you said is really important. You know, the fact that Slim has his feet to the ground, he's connected to the community. And, you know, when something goes wrong, the first thing he wants to do is see his family. Mm-hmm. Whereas Slim is like, uh, I'm sorry, whereas Queen is like, nope. We're, you know, right. disconnect. We got to, we got to move. This we got to do this, yeah. that, and third. Um, yeah. you know, and maybe that is foreshadowing, you know, her own relationship with her family. Absolutely. You know, even the way that we were, um, introduced to her from the beginning. Why is it that you would want to spend time with this stranger from Tinder mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. with your own friends? Oh, you don't right. have any friends. Um, right. so you, you truly are disconnected. And, you know, what complicates this situation even more is that they truly are strangers. They don't know each mm-hmm. other more than mm-hmm. the few minutes that they just spent together in the diner. And then they yeah. go through this life-changing event and they have to trust each other. Slim has to trust that Queen is telling him, you know, things that's going to actually save his life. So right. it's it's a lot going on in a very short amount of time. Right. So they drive off and, uh, I don't know if they even have a plan at the moment. Um, but they eventually run out of gas. I, I'm, is this when they decide that they're going to drive to New Orleans? Yeah. I think she immediately talked about, um, early on before they met, you know, that sheriff. I think the plan was to go see her uncle because she said he owed him Uncle Earl. So they start um, driving south and then, yeah. uh, but they run out of gas. Uh, for right. some reason, they never thought to go to the gas station. <laughs> but I mean, you know, again, mine is racing. You, I guess you forget to look at the gas tank. <laughs> They had um, issues with this gas. Like, I'm like, what's <laughs> happening? This, this gas thing was an issue the whole film. I'm like, come on time. now. Yeah. So, um, they're able to get a good Samaritan to stop and take them to the gas station. Mm-hmm. Um, they're making small talk, but eventually they realize that the driver is actually a sheriff. Yep. And, at some point, um, I think the sheriff realizes who they might be as well. Yes, because he goes into the gas station store. And, of course, the whole um, interaction with the police and everything is on the news, on the television, in the store. So he sees it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, there might even be, uh, an announcement on his, uh, on his radio. Yeah. Was it? It was, I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. It was something. It was either yeah, the some, radio some or the TV. Yeah. Um, that said that there are suspects and mm-hmm. so he's putting two and two together and realizing that these might be the suspects in his truck. Um, 
But by that point, um, they hold the sheriff at gunpoint and uh, have him drive them back to their car. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, at this point, I felt a little bit bad for the sheriff because he seemed to he seemed to be, you know, wanting to help them. Um, but, you know, at the same time, Queen, Queen and Slim was just like, you know, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going to do. And we got to protect ourselves. So sorry, man. Thank you for driving us right. to the gas station. But Portia, you just so nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't try. No. A sheriff in a small, a white sheriff in a small town? Absolutely not. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, and they said no as well, because they made yeah. that man get in the trunk. Yes. He was, he did appear to be very nice and said he would help them and everything. I didn't believe him, but I think they nicely put his ass in that trunk. They could have, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they could have did something else worse, but I think they were being very nice. Put him in the trunk. Let him rest in the trunk. I'm sure they found him and he was fine. They put him in the trunk. And so they decided to um, continue their journey in his truck and they left their car behind. Mm -hmm. What I couldn't understand, though, is it seemed like they left their wallet money. and their purse behind. Idiots. <laughs> All Idiots. their money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't understand it. Where is, like, Queen, you're, you're this lawyer. You have it all. You're supposedly have it all together. You're supposed to be super organized. Um, why didn't you get your belongings out of the car, sis? I don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, you know, and I guess perhaps that's to try to make sure that there was no trail behind if they're using their debit cards or credit cards but you can go to the atm and take out cash and then you know be off the be off the, the grid. grid after that yeah. i would think so i didn't quite get that um but anyway again maybe this is adrenaline they weren't thinking they were making mistakes mm -hmm. along the way um so they take off in the truck um at some point, they get hungry, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So they go to some some spot, some restaurant, and they see some kids in the parking lot and call one of them over mm -hmm. and ask him to go and uh, get them some food. Right. And then brings the food back, and they go and they try to drive off. And they end up hitting the dad. Mm-hmm. Hit they hit the kid's father. <laughs> now they got the <laughs> See and they'll say, so I thought this was a drama, and then at times it turns into some slapstick comedy. Right. <laughs> like what? The dad was a fan of them. Okay. He was a fan. He didn't. So did care. he know before? Did he know who they were before uh, this happened or else he they told their story to him in the car ride to the hospital? No, he knew before because when the little boy came back with 
the food, he said, hey, my dad wants to meet you guys. Oh, okay, yeah, that's how. Mm-hmm. Hit that man, and now they got to take him to the hospital. Yeah. Um, so they make their way there. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, the kid and the, and the guy walk off to the hospital. And I guess everything's okay. Queen and Slim keep going. Uh, what's the next thing to happen? Is it uh, them reaching uh, Uncle Uncle Earl's house? Yeah, Uncle Earl. I love Bokeem Woodbine so much. So seeing him as Uncle Earl brought me so much joy. But his character yeah. was too damn much. Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't realize he was going to be playing Uncle Earl. So that was... That was that was good to see. I was glad to see mm-hmm. Bokeem Woodbine. Um, but yeah, I the whole time I kept wondering, uh, what do people in New Orleans think about this this portrayal? Because <laughs> it did feel a bit much, but also I'm just like, well, maybe this is authentic. I have no idea. I'd I'd like and for them why to New speak Orleans? <laughs> yeah. I I wonder about why New Orleans was why was that the um city that Lena chose to put in you know like going from Ohio to New Orleans I I wonder what the if there was any the significance of choosing those places like I could definitely understand the um you know, trying to get to Florida, then to Cuba. I understood that. So they definitely had to go south. But I just wonder why New Orleans. Because we really didn't see much of New Orleans at all. And Queen herself didn't even really seem like that's where she was from. I guess the fact that we didn't see much of New Orleans kind of reflects her relationship with New Orleans. Um, Yeah. You know, she, they just went and, and reflects the situation that they're under. They're not there on a vacation. They're there to, to flee. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But we don't even see, you know, we later in the film see these, this, these great shots, um, scenic shots from them traveling down the road. We, it's so picturesque. We don't even see that. Like, they just put, it's like a pop in, pop out sort of thing with New Orleans. They were, it was quick and they had to go. So, yeah, you're, you're yeah. right. And it's, and I guess, you know, maybe it was more about just what was going on in that house. You mm-hmm. know, we, we didn't see much of New Orleans, but we saw a lot of the uncle's house and the people that were in it. Yeah. Um, which, you know, to, I guess on a certain level, these are the people, these are the type of people that you don't see, um, as much being portrayed in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of yeah. like the hidden, the under, the underground parts of New Orleans that we got a chance to, to see up close. Um, they, I feel like he did, he was Atlanta. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I feel, I don't even feel, I didn't feel New Orleans from Bokeem's character and the women in his house. 
It felt Woo. No, it felt Atlanta esque. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just talking. I'm not even talking about because the house very much looked like the houses in New Orleans. It very much did. Like, I'm just talking about the type of man he was and the way he carried himself and talked and everything. It just didn't it, it didn't have a New Orleans feel. I mean, you know, I appreciated that the story kind of um, revolved around parts of the country that we don't usually see when mm-hmm. it comes to black people. Like in movies, it's a lot of black stories are set in New York City or in LA right. Right. or Chicago or Atlanta. Um, but you know, we're all over. So I appreciated that this is an Ohio couple that are making their way to New Orleans and then eventually making their way to Florida, think more specifically Miami, I can't remember. Um, and of course, along the way, you know, they're, they're going through the deep south. So they're, you know, passing yeah. through Alabama, Mississippi, and whatnot. And, um, yeah, so I, I just, I really liked, um, you know, just the diversity of, um, geography, diversity of location, mm-hmm. and the people that occupy those spaces. That mm-hmm. we don't normally see. Um, so yeah, Uncle Earl may or may not have reflected New Orleans, but <laughs> <laughs> he, it, it was a different. It, it felt it felt a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it seems like Uncle Earl is a pimp. Yeah. And uh he has some some ladies in his house. Mm-hmm. And uh so that's how we meet Uncle Earl. We see Uncle Earl in his in his uh group. And Queen and Slim come there for refuge. Yeah, and I was actually really nervous about the storyline at that point when they got to Uncle Earl's house because Queen says, you know, early on that her uncle owed her um and so that he would help them because he owed her and i so like when we see who he is and we see that he has these women in the house and how he carries himself and the way he talks to these women i was like oh my god i hope he didn't like do anything sexually to her as a child like I just I don't know why I automatically thought that but we find out that that's not the case but I definitely was like oh my god please I was no I was so nervous oh wow no I didn't even pick up on that um I don't know what I thought she was talking about but I think I was just focused on just the energy that she had, it felt like she never intended on having any type of connection with this man again. And now here mm-hmm. she is in this, you know, life or death situation. She's forced to ask him to help her, even though, you know, she said he owes her. Mm-hmm. It, it almost felt like she was, she was mad that she even had to, you know, 
get what she was owed. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so it kind of right. felt like she had this, this distance from him. Um, and I was trying to figure that part out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even pick up on that. So that's, that's interesting that, that you, that you thought about that. Um, let's see. And so I don't, I don't recall the other woman's name, but I did recognize India Moore, who mm-hmm. played one of the, the young ladies. Character's name was Goddess. Yeah. And, uh, Indian Moore, India Moore plays, uh, Angel on Pose. Right. Um, India actually identifies as non-binary, but I think, do, do we know if Goddess was a woman? Was, was she, she a transgender was. woman or was she non-binary? I don't think, I think, um, Bokeem referred to her as a woman. Um, okay. and she used the pronoun she. Okay. Um, so yeah, I like, <laughs> but I didn't I know that. I love her. I mean, I loved Angel on Post, and I love India as an actor. But I did not know that non-binary was how India identified. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting. Yeah, I, in my research, I, I actually just found that out as well. So that's why I was curious if India identifies as non-binary, then, you know, was there any um, explicit uh, distinction on who this character was in Queen and Slim? Mm-hmm. Uh, I assumed that um, she was a woman, but, you know, I wasn't, I just wasn't sure if she identified right. as a woman or as non-binary or what. Um, but, you know, even with that said, I appreciate that, you know, there may have been some ambiguity. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and uh, God has seen it's to not be the surprising. Main anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's not surprising. Like, we, you know, are now in an age where our writing styles and what we're seeing on film and in television is reflective of the times, And so we have to include everyone. And it's not surprising that Lena and um, Melina, (laughs) they made, they make these choices to be inclusive. So um, I was, I was really happy to see her in the film without having an extended period of time of trying to explain who people are or why right. they're there. They they right. are there because they're there and that's it. They're this, there. This yes. is the world that they're in. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I appreciated that India was, you know, the, the main girl, you know, yeah. right there with Uncle Earl as he's trying to, you know, get them together. And, you know, Queen even has a heart to heart with, with um India's character. India. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just trying to figure stuff out and trying to understand her uncle um and what he means and what he does. Uh so yeah, I I appreciated that it you know, it was it was a decent part. 
so they they uh tell Uncle Earl what's going on. Uncle Earl um decides to help them uh figure out a plan and uh he gives them clothes to change into, gives them a new car, gives them some money, and also gives them the address of Mr. Shepherd, um who is a man that Uncle Earl served in the military with. I think they both served in Iraq. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Shepard would help them escape to Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Slim changes into Uncle Earl's uh, sweatsuit. <laughs> and, uh, and Queen changes into one of the girls' dresses. Yes. No mini dress. Mm-hmm. And uh let's see. Did anything else happen? I think they got visited by the police at one point. Right. I'm not sure that was related to Queen and Slim. That might have been just a just a visit. It wasn't. Um Uncle Earl got into it with um the other girl and he apparently is abusive and she has connections with this police officer. So she must frequently call him. Um, cause they seem to know each other when Uncle Earl answered that door. He knew him. Uncle Earl helps them get rid of their old car, gives them the new car. Um, which is, it, I think it's a, it's kind of a loud car, right? It's, it's, it's it hot? blue, sky blue. Oh no, it's blue. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was a bright color, which <laughs> is, I guess makes sense because you know you hide in plain sight. I suppose. Right. No one would expect you to be in the loud car. Um. Right. And so they're driving along. They're making their way to Florida. Is mm-hmm. it Florida? Um. Alabama. It was Alabama. Oh, okay. Yeah, they would go to Alabama first. Yes. So then along the way, okay, I can't remember the order. Does their car break down first and they go to the mechanic or do they go to that juke joint? Um, I think the juke joint was first. Okay. So at some point, they make their way to a juke joint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mind you, they've only known each other for what, like 48 hours tops? Right. Um, so, you know, Slim, he's, uh, he's kind of seeing Queen, Queen seeing Slim. Uh, they've been through a lot. They spent a lot of time together. Now they're getting to know each other. And so they decide to, you know, just, take a load off, have a, a few moments of fun and relax. And uh, so they find this hole in the wall and uh, Slim is like, you know, let, let this be our second date. <laughs> and they, they go in there and they start dancing. And what's interesting is that, you know, of course they were nervous. They were afraid that People were going to notice them. Um, but Slim goes up to the bar to get a drink. 
and the bartender is like, you know, don't worry, it's on the house. Mm-hmm. You're safe here. And uh and then they look around and they see that people are kind of like, you know, giving them a nod and stuff. Yep. And I was like, wow, okay. That was my favorite scene. I have, I think that was like one of my favorite scenes. Um, just showing how black people protect each other. Um, that was just so nice to see. Um, it, we are different. All of us are different and the way we live in the world is, it's, all different but to see um that camaraderie to see that fellowship to see um the queen and slim having done such a long journey um from ohio to where they were in this juke joint been in this traumatic experience they Felt like they had nobody. Like, Slim can't talk to his dad. Queen is, you know, she has a lot going on in her life and feels like a failure as a lawyer. And you're able to walk into this bar, have a drink, and escape your reality for a moment, surrounded by people giving you the chin up and a drink and the a vibe that you are regardless of what you've been through there is a part of the country that is rooting for you and that's supporting you and i just i got chills in that scene i really i i enjoyed it and again these are these are parts that aren't normally uh you know exposed on film mhm um, you know, these are black spaces. These are like really black spaces. Right. Uh, black owned spaces. And so it, it's nice to kind of see that they, um, throughout the whole story, uh, or through most of the story that they're finding themselves in these black spaces being taken care of and yeah. feeling like they can actually breathe. Or even in this instance, they can smile. They can have a moment where they can connect, you know, as a man and as a woman together. Right, right. Uh, you know, again, the, the fact that they're even in this situation is because they were on a date, you know, yes. and they had to abandon that to deal with this, you know, life or death situation and try to try to get away. But for this moment, they were able to reconnect on that level again. Yeah. So, you know, catch a vibe. And it was, it was nice to see. It was nice to see yes. that layer to it. Um, and so, yeah, and I think that, you know, that, that turned a page for them as well and, and mm-hmm. helped them to, to connect. Cause again, they, they still didn't know that much of each other. So they're able to, you know, learn how to trust each other. Um, they, so they keep driving keep on going and then eventually their car breaks down and now they have to take it to a local mechanic mm-hmm. uh, they take it to a black man again supporting black business um 
But, you know, in this, I actually appreciated this moment, too. Um, along the way, they've been running into black folks who have just been, you know, kind of supportive, helping them out. But this mechanic was not supportive of them. Right. Not in that way. Right. And that, yes, that's, I mean, that's important. That's what I'm, that's what I mean when I say we are all different and the way we operate in the world is different. And so it was nice to see us portrayed in our differences, right? Yes. Some, some black people don't support black people. That's the reality, but that's not the entire reality. Right. There are black people that support others. But even with that, it's 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 complicated. So it's not that he didn't even support them full stop. He just didn't agree with what they did. But he Mm -hmm. was going to go ahead and help them. You know, he wasn't going to tell on them. He wasn't going to do anything. He was just going to fix their car. And so they can go on about their business Um, and take their money and take their money. Yeah. (laughs) He was going to yeah. do business with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he didn't have to do that because they were in a bind and they needed somebody to, to fix their car. So he did help them. Um, but he, you know, made it clear. I do not approve of what you did. I think what you did was wrong. Um, and I'm not going to pretend like you're some type of, you know, hometown hero or whatever. Um, that's not how I roll. And so I, you know, again, to your point, I appreciated that they uh, were able to show that diversity. Um, but even within that, he didn't approve of what they did, but he was comfortable enough to have his son <laughs> hang out with right. them. Right. So I was just like, what is, okay, I guess, right. but I don't quite understand. I guess there's two ways of looking at it. Either it doesn't make sense or... uh you know, again, the complication of I don't agree with what you did, but I support you as a black person, you know, to I know that you're safe enough that I can trust my son with you. Somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm I, trying I to look felt, at it in different ways. <laughs> I felt that was a writing flaw, in my opinion. <laughs> I just do. I like it's a couple of moments I felt like that, but that was one of them. Um, and just, I wonder who is he really mad at? Because your son is clearly an activist. He didn't just start being an activist when, um, this whole news thing came out. He's, he's, he said he's been gathering against the police. Like that's something that he's been doing. And he had to communicate that, that with you at some point. So, are you really mad at Queen and Slim or are you mad that the world has um, brought up an activist in your son? Ooh, that's an interesting take. I think, I think you have a strong point there. So yeah, it, but yeah, it, and you're probably right. It is a writing, I guess it is a writing flaw. Um, but it's interesting how you know, they have the kid, they set it up so that the kids spend some time with Queen and Slim. Um, you know, and he's just expressing his admiration. Mm-hmm. Did. And, you know, he's just kind of like, I got to make a name for myself. I got mm-hmm. to leave a mark. I got to do something. 
and you know y'all left a name for yourselves people will remember you i just and can't i can't <laughs> i cannot it was, i mean it was it was kind of odd but it was also if i'm being honest it was a little scary i was it, it was this young man speak in these terms because i'm like what are you saying right you're really it feels like i understand your um your admiration i understand your uh you're just really hype and you're uh there's another word i'm looking for but you know he's just really into the cause and i get that because a lot of that comes with youth yes yes definitely connecting with something and you know really trying to you know there's an optimism somewhere in there as well where you really believe that you can change the world if you just do x y and z um but you know you're also talking about life and death and do you know what you're talking about do you understand the consequence do you understand what you're saying you're so young he wanted it he wanted to be a martyr The, the little boy wanted to be a martyr queen and slim did not so i guess it I guess you're right. It speaks to like the immaturity of adolescents in the sense that they, their brains haven't fully developed yet to be able to really dissect what's happening and find their place in whatever the issue is. And I think that's what was happening with this child. But the fact that he wanted to die for this cause, it, it was just, um, it, it, it was just bizarre. You're right. That's the only word I can think of. But in general, you think about our boys and our girls now in this day and age and how they put themselves out there fearless, right? Some fearless, some feeling like they're invincible, you know, and they don't really care about the repercussions because they haven't really grasped or understood what the consequences of their actions are. So they just throw themselves out out there and sometimes it ends up being very detrimental to their lives and sometimes it ends in death. So I get, I definitely get um, the writing in this and what was trying to be conveyed. I just don't necessarily agree that it had to be in this story. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah, so the, this, is the, these, this is the part where I'm, I'm conflicted about the movie um, mm-hmm. because of, because, really because of this young man um so it you know they continue on they get their car fixed and then uh queen and slim i think they take a detour and they visit queen's mother's grave right 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 and then she has a moment with her and you know she kind of opens up and shares about uh what happened with her mother mm-hmm. and, um, and her uncle and uh and then they go back to the car and this is where they end up having uh 
They have a moment. They have a sexual moment. Unnecessary. <laughs> I just felt like it, it was unnecessary. Okay. It felt <laughs> very gratuitous. I like. Yeah. I under like I was I was a little surprised that it was so graphic because it was it yeah. felt it was extended and I was just like. Wow, it was really? extended. It was, and you know, but listen, you running, you running from the police at this point. You don't have time to be doing all that. Like, <laughs> like, cut it out and cut it out now. <laughs> I, was like I was like yelling at the screen, like, no, absolutely, we don't have time for this. Get, get the going. We got to get to Cuba, and y'all stopping to have sex at the. In front of dead folks, like I, I no, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, you know, I guess the fact that they had sex, I, I didn't. It didn't throw me off necessarily because I felt like there was tension that was building, but it's just the the graphicness of it was mm-hmm. was a bit much for me. And most most importantly, them intercutting intercutting that with the protest scene i didn't understand yeah, why why <laughs> the protest scene we didn't need to see that we didn't even need to see the sex scene either okay um i think them making a deeper connection could have been shown in a variety of different ways other than sex however we definitely did not need to see the little boy going to the protest, being combative, combative with the police, asking the police to shoot him. Like we did not, we did not need to see that. That was not necessary. I didn't, I didn't feel like that was necessary at all. I was just, I was so confused. I was trying to figure out what is it that you want us to know? What message <laughs> are you trying to? to get across to us putting both of these images up at the same time it just didn't make any sense and then you know of course the part that was the most disturbing to me when the young man confronted that black police officer and the police officer was trying to because the protests had gotten out of control and people were starting to run and stuff and the police officer said you know son you need to you need to go you don't need to. Mm-hmm. And that young man grabbed the gun and shot the police officer in the face. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and of course he kind of looked like he was just hyped slash shot, you know, because I'm sure that was probably the first time he had ever done something like that. Right. Right. You know, to, to see the ramifications up close is like he. He acted before he could even think, and you know, right. I, you know, whatever happened after that, I was just, I was so upset and disturbed and confused. And then on top of that, on top of that, Cynthia, <laughs> moment that I realized the young man. Let me see his name. Character's name was Junior. Mm-hmm. Played by Jahai Diallo Winston, played young Ralph Tresvant in the new edition story. Did he? Oh my I god! I knew I recognized him. He has grown up, and I was so <laughs> upset. 
That little Ralph dress band did that. Then grown up and then shot. Oh, no. They grabbed the gun. Oh, God. Grew up, grabbed the gun, and shot the black Poor man. Poor little He's martyr boy. Poor little oh, martyr boy. <laughs> so it was a lot going on. And I was just like, no, I don't like this movie. Feel <laughs> it. <laughs> well, yes, I was shocked on multiple levels. But, I mean, I was, it, it was confusing. That was the part where I was just like. Mm-hmm. So then from there, we see Queen and Slim as they continue their travels and they make their way to Mr. Shepard's house. Yeah. Um, who is played by Flea from um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. And his wife, Mrs. Shepard, played by Chloe Sevigny. And uh, Mr. Shepard uh, he seems to be, you know, accommodating and he's, you know, there to help. Supportive. Right. Mrs. Shepard, on the other hand, is just like, who are you? Why are you? Right. I don't know if I trust you. And I think by the time they got there, um, news had already spread that uh, Junior, the teenager, had shot the police officer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, Queen and Slim are being tracked down. So, you know, Mrs. Shepard is like, did you have anything to do with that? Yeah. And and this was the first time that they had learned that that happened. They were shocked that um, this young man did that. So I, I'd be curious to know what was kind of going on in their head um, at that moment, knowing that this kid may have been influenced by their previous actions. Mm-hmm. <sighs> As they were pulling up on the main street, the neighbor, don't forget to say that, the neighbor saw them, spotted them going into the shepherd's house. So the neighbor saw and then, you know, cut to dinner. They're all eating dinner and then there's a I love that scene. I love that. It wasn't even a knock. It was no knock. It was no knock at all. They Wait, were so eating. So they were eating and, and like the lighting and everything was spooky as hell. Like I loved it. They were eating. And then because of Mr. Shepard's background, I think in the military, he sensed oh. that they were going, that a raid was about to happen. So he told them to get get upstairs and they started, you know, moving the dinner, him and his wife, to make it appear like it was just the two of them in there. And then they bust open the door. Oh, wow. Okay. I missed that part. Yeah. I didn't realize they had busted down. But they were ready because they had that crawl space up in the bedroom. That was so cool. So cool. Yeah. Queen and Slim were able to hide out all night. Um, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Shepard were out on the curb being questioned. And <laughs> I I thought Mrs. Shepard was going to tell because she didn't seem like she 
wanted them there in the first place. Right. She kept her mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Sure did. So, uh, so Queen and Slim were able to hide out until the morning. And then they climb out and they look to see if the coast is clear. And I think they see police officers outside, right? They do. And they're trying to figure out how to get out. Right. So she ends up jumping the gun and jumping out the window and hurting herself, her shoulder. Yeah, they both jump out. Slim, sorry, Queen gets hurt. Slim did not. Um, but, you know, again, and so this is the part where I started wondering, okay, I wonder if that's symbolic. Because now this is the second time that Queen's been hurt. She got shot, mm-hmm. you know, by the police at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Now she got a bum shoulder. This whole time, Slim is still intact. Um, yeah. So what does that mean? I don't know. But even though I, I it, it can mean several different things, but I just can think of, like, even though she did, she has gotten shot in her leg and, like, her shoulder is bummed out, she's still trucking. Like, she's she can withstand it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I could say the same about Slim if he was shot. I don't know if I if he had that warrior in him originally. I think he developed it after traveling with her. He picked up on her energy. I was feeling kind of kind of odd about the fact that she was the only one who was getting injuries throughout, even, you know, towards the end. Um, you know, it just seemed like she was the one that her body was getting messed up. Mm-hmm. And his wasn't. And so, you know, yeah. I, just, I was trying to search for, for a message behind it. Yeah. So then... They, they make it out, and they end up going to the detached garage. Mm-hmm. And uh, Slim is able to fix her shoulder. And uh, did they find keys, or did they just hotwire the car? Hotwire that car, I think, with a screwdriver. They were on their way to trying to drive off and avoid the police officers uh-huh. the house. Meanwhile, we cut to white police police officer and a black police officer. And uh, it seems like the white police officer is kind of blowing off the black police officer. She was like, you know, I think I hear a sound. And right. he wasn't taking him seriously. And so the black police officer decides to go and investigate. I think he was trying to tell him, oh, it's just an animal or it's whatever. It's not what we're looking for. And he goes and investigates. And at the same time that Queen and Slim are getting ready to go is when the police officer pulls up the garage door and they all meet eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And I was 
I was like, oh, no. Yeah. We're done. It's over. And the most amazing thing happens. Amazing. Steps aside. Yep. Let's them go. That was nice. I felt like to see because, you know, people view all police officers, regardless of race, as being an issue, you know, in our community. And to see a black cop do that was just very nice. Even the cop that was at the protest telling the boy to go home. It's just nice that um, we were given a glimpse into, you know, black police officers that are trying to do the right thing that it might not come across as such because of what's happening in our world. I just want to, I want to just take one step back because I forgot to mention. So during the protest, another thing that disturbed me when it came to that young man shooting the police officer is that I felt like it felt like they were trying to say something about the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. And I felt like they were kind of, um, I felt like that scene gave ammunition to people who are against the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm. Um, Because folks that are anti-Black Lives Matter movement feel as though it's nothing but an anti-police movement. Yeah. Which is, which is not necessarily the case. It's it's pro-black. Um, but you know, it's, it's really calling for, um, you know, fairness and, and equal treatment for, with black people. So it's not like folks are like, you know, kill all the cops or, you know, whatever. That's not the point is really trying to say cops need to stop killing us. Yeah. And so to, to have this young man and his overzealousness leading him to kill this cop and especially a cop who, who looks like him, who's a black man, who's trying to tell him, for your own good, you need to go. I think he yeah. does say son. You know, yeah, he, he does. He, in in every way possible, he's trying to show that he cares. Yeah. And yet he meets his demise in this way. It just it felt very disturbing. And I felt like I, I just to make a statement against uh Black Lives Matter. Huh. That's interesting. I that's interesting. That's an interesting take. I Personally, I don't, I I guess because I know um, what the Black Lives Matter movement is and how organized they are in more than just protesting, um, it's not reflective of the Black Lives Matter movement at all. So I just hope. That's not what people think when they saw that scene. And I just, I don't know. I just, that does the entire movement a disservice if that's what, how people view the movement because they're doing so much for the community beyond uh, protesting police brutality. 
Um, so that's just really sad. Right. 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 That's, <laughs> that's yeah. why I felt like it was it was disturbing and and possibly irresponsible because I know mm. that there's people who um who have a very limited idea of what Black Lives Matter is about. And so, you know, I felt like this was a stand in for that and for their fears around Black Lives Matter. This is this is the scenario that they dream up in their minds of mm-hmm. all these black people sitting up here protesting and, you know, they're going to shoot these police officers and they're anti X, Y, Z. And you get to see that in this, you know, on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It's very disturbing to me. Um, but yeah, you know, so, uh, anyway, not to, not to belabor that point, but I, I wanted to make sure that I, I mentioned that. Um, but yeah, so then we get to the police officer who raises the garage door and he lets them go. Yep. And I was stunned. They were stunned. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was stunned. <laughs> and they got up out of there. Let's go. They got Let's up move out of there. And it was also interesting because the police officer, you know, he kind of had a little bit of a strut and he, he was smiling to himself afterwards. He, you know, he was proud of himself. Mm-hmm. He's proud of himself in a way. And he also tried to tell the other police officer, I'm sure that played a part too. Like he probably yeah. tries to tell him things all the time and you don't, you don't listen to him. Like his voice is irrelevant. He just fits a quota on the force probably and is not, his voice is just not heard. So why would I, um, um, get these, the, these two fugitives or whatever and give them, hand them over to you for you to take credit. Like, why would I do that when I, my voice, I can't even say I hear something without you, um, second guessing me or downplaying what I'm saying. So no, bye. <laughs> Let them go. Yeah. So it, it must be very difficult to be a, a black person and a police officer. Um, so that, that was an interesting kind of insight to just kind of see them, um, you know, those, those differing loyalties at play. Right. Um, so now you think, okay, well then they made it. Queen and Slim, they, they made it out of there somehow, some way. They're on their way to Cuba. Um, they got the info from Mr. Shepard on who to go to. That's going to mm-hmm. connect them to the, the plane. Um, and Fort Lauderdale, right? Somewhere. Was, yeah. Somewhere in Florida. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> somehow they end up on the side of the road. I guess, maybe, did they fall asleep there or something? And they had, they got the address from Mr. Shepard. They thought they had arrived. Okay. And at the, at, at the specific location and Queen was tired and Slim just told her to go ahead and take a rest. And he would just look out, but they both slept. It seemed like a, a night, the night had passed. Um, until 
someone knocked on the window of the car door. They assumed that this was the guy that they needed to meet. Mm-hmm. Back to this guy's place to uh, make the arrangements. Yeah. And was this when uh, Slim called his father? No. Slim called his father at the mechanic at the shop. He went oh, in the back. That? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's like that's one another, of my favorite okay. scenes, too. I love yeah, that scene. we got to talk about that. We got to yeah. talk about that. So, Slim, sorry, y'all. We going back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, they get to the mechanic. Slim goes and makes a phone call, and he calls his dad. Yeah. And it was a short conversation. As a matter of fact, his dad cuts off the conversation. Sure does. And then, and then you realize that he's in the room with police there too they tapped the phone and i was just like wow that that is so interesting to see mm-hmm. you get the impression that perhaps you know his father might be upset or his father might be disapproving or whatever you know especially cuz this is the first time that he talked to him since you know what happened happened um but his father was was loyal to the end yeah he knew his son he knew his son the relationship and the connection we knew they had a a great connection through slim we knew that before we even saw the dad because as soon as he got in trouble he wanted to talk to his dad as soon as trouble came. That's not a typical thing. Most people, um, if they've gotten into some trouble, they don't want to call their parents because it's an embarrassment or they're ashamed or they're afraid of what mom and dad are going to say. I knew that their relationship was deep when he was like, no, I need to go see my dad. Not only did he want to call, he wanted to go see his dad. Um, So at, when we actually got a chance to meet the, yeah. When we actually got a chance to meet the father, I was not at all su- surprised. It was just such a meaningful moment in seeing the father, the black father-son relationship on screen in this light. It was just, it was so meaningful to the storyline. I appreciated it. It's it's something that you don't see every day. Um, Right. It was very nice to see, um, you know, this older black man protect his, his son in that way. You know, yeah. Even in the face of, because I think they said that they were going to charge him too, or you know, there was a threat of, you know, arresting him. Yeah, they took. I think they did. I think they did. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. even with that, he was just like, "No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not giving yep. my son." Because, like you said, he knew. He knows his son. He knew his son. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, uh, we're back to Florida. Uh, 
they get to the to the contact's house. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be setting up, um, you know, the plane situation so they can fly out. And they go, they get up and go. They get to the tarmac. They see the plane. And yeah. they're like, all right, this is it. We are, we made it this far. We're about to, as soon as we take off, we're about to be free. Mm-hmm. They take a couple steps forward, get towards the plane, and then the police come. <sighs> yeah. And I was so, uh, I was heartbroken. Because they really did make it all the way there. And had they been there a few minutes earlier, I thought, you know, maybe they would have gotten away. And so now they're, you know, now they're facing down several armed police officers. Mm-hmm. Telling them to put their hands up. But I think Queen and Slim end up holding each other's hand, right? They grab each other's hand. Yeah. And I don't They shoot her first. Anything. I don't even remember if they said anything. Oh, the most infamous um line is can I be your legacy? That's the most infinite. People are like running with that. It's all over social me- media. Are they? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That that was that was it. That was the one that took everybody out. They getting their on the t shirts and everything. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I forget the actor who plays the snitch. I forget his name, but he was also in um The Shy. He plays a role in, on in The Shy. So it's nice to see him working, not necessarily the character. I didn't like the character, but you know, it was nice to see him um in this film. As we well. Yet. We just thought he was just. You know, I knew. I knew it. I knew it. knew it. I had no idea. I didn't know until. Yeah. I knew it. I I felt that thing. I felt as soon as he knocked on the window of the car, and they looked at him and they got out and they were like apprehensive to even go with him. I was like, "This is not the person you're supposed to be meeting." I did, I knew that right away. Um, I didn't pick up on that because the whole time I was just like, "Y'all, y'all putting a lot of trust in a lot of people this entire time." I mean, I guess, I guess it would yeah. make sense that you would just meet up with some stranger and trust that they could mm-hmm. Cuba intact. Mm-hmm. So I that didn't even pick up. I was just, oh yeah. Anyway. Before we get to that part, we got to get to the part where they've had the, the face off with the police. Uh, one of them says, can I be your legacy? Who said it? Queen said it to Slim? Yeah. Legacy. And then some overzealous cop pulls a trigger. Everybody got their gun out. Um, except for Queen and Slim. They do not have gun on. Um, pulls a gun and and shoots and Slim, sorry, Queen gets shot in the chest. I think it was a female cop as well from what I can remember. 
And so she goes down. So again, you know, Queen is the one that's getting hurt this entire time. Gets shot in her leg. Gets her shoulder dislocated. Now she gets shot in the chest. And now she dies. Um, you know, when we started with the movie, it's, you know, it's, it's Slim that's the one that's getting pulled over. And Queen, and, and Slim is the one that actually shot the police officer and killed him. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, taking all the physical hits. Um, I know that there's got to be some type of meaning behind that. Um, but yeah, she uh, she goes down and Slim picks her up. And I think he takes a few steps towards the cops. Clearly doesn't have anything in his hands except for Queen. But that's enough. And they just open fire on him. And he's done. For no reason. (laughs) For no reason. It was unnecessary. Um, And so he he goes down and both of them are buried. And of course the news hits and they end up being martyrs in a way mm-hmm. to the rest of the community. They, they have funerals, and the whole community comes out. Big crowds. And then you also cut to a scene where it's the guy that ended up being the snitch. He's just counting his money. Yep. We also, I don't know if you realize this, Portia, but we don't find out Queen and Slim's names till the end of the movie. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, I, I listened to an interview, um, Lena Waithe had and somebody brought that up and she was like, if that was intentional. It is now time for us to run Queen and Slim through the Dorsey Flowers test. That's right. Um, Just to give you a quick uh, rundown of what the criteria is, it's a two-step process. And within those two steps, there's multiple steps. <laughs> yes. So, um, first step is, uh, are the character, do the characters identify or are they identified by others as female human beings, as black human beings, and are they portrayed by black female actors? And then step two, do we know uh, at least two of the black female characters' names? Do they talk to each other? Do they talk about something other than men or non-black female characters? Are they primary um, or is a black character primary? Uh, does she have the ability to make her own choices? Does she live to the end of the film? Um, does she appear as a stereotype? And uh, does she have historical, political, or social relevance? Without further ado... Let's see if Queen and Slim passes the Dorsey Flowers test. Okay. Let's do it. Step one. Uh, do we have any uh, characters that identify as black and female? 
Yes, we do. portrayed by black female actors. Yes, we do. We have um, Queen, a play by Jody. We have one of Earl's girls. Her name is Rosette. No, I yeah. it was funny. One of Earl's girls. Yes. She doesn't have a name, though. Earl's girls is her name. That's how she's credited. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Um, And then you have India. You know, okay, so I'm on the fence. And, you know, and this is where I, my ignorance is showing. So, India plays the character who is a woman, but India themselves considers themselves to be non-binary and uses the pronouns they and them. Mm-hmm. So, where does this fall? You know? Yeah. Does this, does India's character count in our criteria or not? <sighs> uh, India is, uh, has an African American parent and a Puerto Rican parent. Oh, okay. So I believe that India, um, identifies as black. Okay. Um, so I think your question is, is a tricky one. If India Moore does not identify as a woman. I will also say India also acknowledges that um, people see them as a woman. Mm-hmm. And so India accepts that as well. But Got it. Ask India. They would say I'm non-binary. Got it. Understanding that people, you know, people have, uh, it's a challenge to understand what non-binary means. Absolutely. Um, so I would say no. I would, I would then say no. Um, India doesn't fit the criteria of what we're saying our test is. Yeah. Okay. So, but we do have other black female characters who do, so we'll be able to still move on with step two of our test. Okay. Um, okay. So, part one. Uh, are there at least two named black female characters? We have Queen. Us, we didn't know Queen's name. Did we watch the whole movie and we did not know her name? We just know the title of the film. So mm. we didn't know their nicknames or their real names? No. No, no. until the very end then. Because you, you yeah. did say that they did report it, but it was probably a blink and you missed it kind of situation. Because I definitely didn't realize that they had given their government names at the very end. The next step. Do the female characters talk to each other? I don't think they spoke to each other. 
per se. I think Queen had more of a conversation with Goddess, India's character, and that character does not qualify for our test. So then the next one, do they talk to each other about something other than a male or a non-black female character? No. Don't talk. Okay. The next one is a black female character primary the plot of the film. I would say yes. 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 That would be cool. Yes. Um, Does she have the ability to make her own choices? Yes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. She made choices for the both of them. She sure did. (laughs) Dictatorship. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Does she survive until the end of the film? Nope. Guys, right before the end. Yep. Uh, does she appear as a stereotype? So we talked about the beginning of the film, and I felt like originally, before we knew, you know, her backstory, she appeared as a stereotypical angry black woman. Though she has reason to be upset, she still appeared that way. So that's what my argument would be, is that, yes, she did. I agree. She did She did appear as a stereotype, even though make some level of justification for that. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one, does a black female character have historical, political, or social relevance? I would say yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely she does. Especially now that we know that, you know, the character of Queen, just the nickname alone is supposed to be a stand-in for all black women. Mm Mm-hmm like an avatar for, for black women talking about um, police brutality and the judicial system and you know just society yep. and, you know, the way that it treats black people black yep. women in this particular case I think so, her character fits all of um, that historical political and social relevance because hopefully this era that we're in with police brutality will end and be history is not looking that way but hopefully it will um but her character's relevance still this is still a part of our history though ongoing women like her exist in that narrative politically this is a huge political issue and this is a, it's affecting us as black people socially so yes it her character has relevance all right so let's add it up okay
Oh. Um, so each each uh, question is worth one point, with uh, answer of yes being one point. So if it's eight points, if it passes everything, um, then it gets a full pass. Six to seven points is passed with minor corrections. Four to five points passed with major corrections. And zero to three points, it fails. Um, so when we count up the points for Queen and Slim, it looks like it has a score of three. Three points means that Queen and Slim has failed the Dorsey Flowers test. I'm I'm actually a little a little sad about that. I thought that it, I figured it would pass, but you know, upon further reflection, I guess not. And but yeah. again, this is not to say that this is a a bad film or that this movie is bad for black women. Um, that's not the case. It's just to say that there are some you know, some some possible gaps. Um, certainly areas for conversation. Yeah. I think this this film had a black female writer, a black female director, and a lead black female actor. Uh, and that in itself, it defies what's happening in Hollywood these days. So I have to commend, um, Lena Waith and Melina for putting this out into our, um, community. And it's a film I feel like we will keep with us, like we keep Love Jones and others, you know what I mean? It'll be a part of our black film movies forever. So, um, thank you well, so I'll much. Say, I'll say this. I think, you know, well, first of all, Queen and Slim was about a black man and a black woman. So, I mean, I guess it does make sense that maybe it, it wouldn't pass our test because for so much of the movie, it's the two of them talking and interacting, um, which is just fine. And I think there's definitely room for that. How many movies are there where it's just a black man and a black woman talking um, and, and trying to survive with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, I appreciated that. I think it would be very interesting to see how Queen and Slim shakes out into, you know, the history of black film over the years. Will it, will it uh, stand the test of time? Will it be able to stand up next to uh, beloved films like Love Jones? Um, because I mean, Queen and Slim had uh, quite a controversial reception, not maybe controversial is the wrong word, but it was a, uh, it was divided. I, I know mm. there were a lot of people that really loved the film and there were a lot of people that really disliked it. Um, but so isn't that with anything though? Isn't yeah, well, that... What I was going to say is yeah. what's, what's really awesome is that it evoked um, 
a reaction and invoke yeah. conversation. And I think that we're overdue for that. I think, I think I love seeing film, black films, films about black, black people and about the black experience, especially films that are made by black people that are able to evoke some type of emotion and, and complicated emotions um, at that. So yeah. you know, I remember on social media, there were people that were kind of, it was like a backlash to the backlash. So there were people that didn't like it and they were vocal. And then there were folks that were just like, you shouldn't talk about that. You should support and blah, blah, blah. And I think Lena Waithe herself might've even said, you know, it's good for us to, to talk about films. Um, you know, we need to be able to critique our own stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, I don't know if she said this part, but this is what I'm saying. I, I think our, our art should be able to withstand our critique. And our yep. art does withstand our, our critique and we shouldn't be afraid to do so. It's not fragile. Our work is strong enough to, to handle any questions that we have about it. Um, Absolutely. And I think this definitely, um, stands to, uh, hold some type of place, um, at, you know, in terms of discussion. Um, I think that's, that's all you can ask for. Yep. It's a strong body of work. So thank you for putting it out there for us. I mean, we definitely appreciate it. And I want to see more films that I can relate to and critique. So, yeah. We would love to add your opinion to the conversation. So please send us an email with your thoughts to youngblackandbrave.com at gmail.com and please follow us on social media at young black and brave on facebook and instagram and ybb podcast on twitter be sure to tune in next week when we will be reviewing drum roll harriet yay yeah Hopefully, by the time you listen to it, Cynthia Revo will have won an award or two. So we will see. We'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, stay brave. Peace.